Well, let's start. see if I can start off here. I'll have a, a kind of a negative note, but not, hopefully I'll end on a positive note. A um, few, few verses here that I'll draw your attention to. In our psalm, it says, Who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord our God who looks upon the heavens and the earth below? Who is like the Lord our God? This verse is uh, dealing with uh, an error that human beings are very prone to, and that is the error of idolatry. Idolatry is confusing the creator and the creature. There is this infinite distance, gap, if you will, between the creator and the creature. And the idolater tries to span that gap, but he tries to do so by using, by, by taking created things and sort of making God in this image of uh, <clears throat> the finite created realities. And he ends up worshiping creation. God in his great mercy, though, has bridged that gap for us, but he's done it from the other side. Okay, The world's religions are idolatrous because they are the attempts of man to find God, to, to seek and to look for God and, and their attempts to find him. And sometimes, you know, they, they have some pretty good elements to them. Okay, Oftentimes, the, the different uh, pagan religions have have good aspects to them, especially ethical aspects. Uh, but they ultimately always fall short because it's man's attempt to try to find God. The biblical religion is uh, God searching man, searching for man and finding man. And uh, it is uh, a great um, uh, expression of God's love that he would do this, that he would bridge that, that infinite gap between creature and creator. And... Uh, who is like the Lord? Well, God has spoken to us. Oftentimes you'll hear it um, said there's this kind of popular metaphor out there in this, and it's really, it's a kind of a false, it's a misleading metaphor, okay? I mean, it depends on, it depends on how you use it, I guess. But it, oftentimes it's used in a misleading sense. They'll say, well, you know, all religions, it's like this big elephant, okay? And we're all blind people, and one of us has got the leg, and one of us has got the tail, one of us has got the trunk, and we're all describing you know, no, 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 it looks like this. It's thick and it's got, you know, this to it. No, it's skinny and it's got hair on it. And Okay, so these are all the different world religions, supposedly. This is the metaphor. and uh, But they're all grabbing the same thing. And um, it is a misleading, it is a misleading metaphor. Because it really portrays religion as a fundamentally pagan search for God. Whereas the, the true religion is God revealing himself to us. So imagine the elephant speaking. Okay, that's, an ele- that's, that's, a, that's a more proper metaphor. The elephant says, no, you dummies, this is what I'm like. You don't have to be groping and grabbing different elements and pieces, but this is what I'm like. So it's actually God speaking, the elephant speaks, okay? And, uh, you know, we see here the Pharisees in the Gospel they what they want okay so they want a sign from Christ now Jesus provided abundant evidence sufficient evidence of his divine mission of who he was that he was the son of god he really did but if you have uh, a heart that's set in, in kind of its idolatrous ways what you're going to do is you're going to set up your own expectations and standards for god 
You're going to say, God has got to meet these expectations. And if he doesn't, I'll have nothing to do with him. And he doesn't exist and whatever it might be. Okay. So that's oftentimes what you'll find with uh, atheists. Atheists, they have these sort of uh, impossibly high uh, standards of evidence that God has to meet for God to prove himself to the atheist. Okay. Whereas God has provided himself with evidence and it is sufficient. Uh, according to, to reason, it is sufficient to um, give credibility to the revelation that he's given to us through Christ. Uh, but we have to have a humility to be able to be open to, this, to the true evidence, the signs that he's given us. And so here is the, you know, Jesus is healing people, he's casting out demons, uh, he's going to eventually rise from the dead. And we'll, we know, even after the Pharisees find out that Jesus rose from the dead, they're like, Let's just keep this quiet, okay? You see, even his resurrection from the dead didn't, didn't convince them, okay? So the, uh, along with evidence, we have to have a heart of humility. We go back to the psalm, it says, God raises up the lowly from the dust and from the dunghill, he lifts up the poor. And we have, to, we have to be poor in spirit to be open to the word of God that he's given to us. And uh, what's remarkable, trying to end on a positive note here, We've got the failure of man and the sin of mankind, but then we have God's mercy. God did not need to create us. He didn't need to create us. It wasn't like he was incomplete. He was longing for some kind of creature to share life with or something like that. Okay, But what the theologians say is that, that goodness is profusive of itself. Just out of his pure, infinite generosity, God decided to create us so that we could enter into communion with him and share his goodness with him. And uh, it's out of his pure, infinite mercy. And he goes searching for us. He creates us. And then when we fall away from him, he goes looking for us. So in the Old Testament, um, the Queen of the South had to go, you know, all the way across Africa to the Holy Land to find the word of God as spoken uh, through Solomon. And uh, the men of Nineveh, they didn't go looking, but when the prophet came to them, they did. They listened to him. Think about us right now in Western civilization. We have the gospel as far away as most people's bookshelves. Think about that. How, how gracious that is of God. That he revealed himself, and then it says, so it says, from the rising of the, from the rising to the setting of the sun is the name of the Lord to be praised. From the rising to the setting of the sun. And so this, this revelation that was first given to the Old Testament prophets and confined to Israel through Jesus Christ becomes a worldwide reality. And God goes searching over the whole world for lost humanity. And that's so gracious of him that we can walk down a street and find a church. You can reach, you, normally, you go into someone's house, you can go like this. And usually you can grab a Bible off the shelf. Hopefully, maybe not so much nowadays, but it used to be the case. You have the family Bible. Uh, and that is an expression of, of, of God's mercy. Uh, we don't so much search for him as, as he searches for it and he finds us. And it just simply requires the poor of spirit and the humble to be open to his voice that calls out to us uh, and to that revelation um, that is... Uh, an act and an expression of his mercy.